Welcome to Wisdom from the Word of God, the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Owen Butler, endeavoring to reconnect people with God. Amen. Uh, the book of Malachi, chapter 3. Amen. And would everyone please stand? for the reading of God's word. Amen. Our scripture text today is a little bit long, amen, but we will not have time on today to deal with all of it, so we will deal it with it in parts, amen? Amen, and we will start in verse six of chapter three. Malachi chapter 3, starting at verse 6, you will find these words. For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Yet from the days of your fathers you have gone away from my ordinances. You have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, saith the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Uh, bring ye all the tithes unto the storehouse, that there may be food in my house and try me now in this saith the Lord of hosts if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Nor shall the vine far fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Uh, today, saints of God, I want to talk to you from the thought thriving instead of just surviving. Thriving instead of just surviving. Uh, saints of God, <clears throat> as many of you know, amen, amen, we have been dealing with issues, amen, that are 
at God-sized levels. And over the past weeks, I have been praying uh, to the Lord, seeking the Lord for an answer, amen, or a solution. Amen. And, and the Lord continues to remind me, he says, son, you're going to have to give your way through. You're going to have to give your way through. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but when you have problems, amen, the last thing you're really trying to do is focus outwardly. You're more or less focusing inwardly because you're trying to deal with your problem at hand. You, you're trying to figure out how can I solve my internal problem. Amen. But the Lord keeps reminding us that the kingdom of God is not like the kingdom of the world. The world in business, when, 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 when the revenues are down, the last thing the business usually wants to do is start to put more out. The business wants to start saving its way back to uh, profitability. But many times in the business, the leadership continues to let them know that you cannot save your way back to profitability. It's going to take some creative thinking, amen, some new perspective and some investment in order to get back to profitability. There are some companies that have tried to save themselves by saving and they've saved themselves out of business. Amen. It, it don't take a whole lot to start looking at some businesses. Amen. They cut corners. They saved. They, they got rid of their senior help because it was costing too much. And they replaced them with junior help. Then the service goes down and it becomes a self-defeating uh, situation. Till finally there are no customers and the business has to close their doors. In the world, even though the world tries to do it one way, the law of God still takes precedence, not only in the church, but in the world as a whole. Amen. And as I have been praying and to the Lord, I have been reminded of some things that the world does that is in line with God's law. I don't know how they got it, amen, but they got it right. There is a book by a man whose name is George Clayson. That book is The Richest Man in Babylon. It is a very small book and it's a quick read, amen. But the tenets and the, the, the ideas that are illustrated and that are explained in the book looks a whole lot like what God has commanded his children to do. It's not like George Clayson came up with something on his own, his own that was radically different than anything that God had already said. In that book, it talks about how to make sure that you can get to financial freedom. If you stay healthy and are able to work and make an income, amen, the, the, the tenants were to pay yourself first, uh, but 
really what we should do is flip one and two. Amen. It says, and then it says, give to charity. But remember, this is a book from the world, right? But the tenets are close because it says pay yourself 10% and then give 10% to charity. Amen. And then, of course, you've got all of the other things and then you begin to pay your bills. There, there is something instructive in that book in that it also says a tenth. Where did the tenth come from? Amen. Uh, was it just pulled up out of the air? I contend to you, no, it was not. It was given to us by our Lord. We call the tenth a tithe. So what does tithe mean? It means 10%. Some have arguments over the 10% whether in our world today, whether it's 10% on the gross or 10% on the net. Amen. I think that is non sequitur or irrelevant. Amen. Whatever has come into your hands. Amen. If you want to do the gross, great. But if you do the net, what's come into your hands, that is 10%. Amen. Now, why do I look at this text and what we read in here and I say, thrive instead of survive. Well, it, it has been brought to my attention because I've argued uh, with God, which of course is not an argument I'll ever win, but I, I say, well, Lord, everybody in the church knows what tithing is. Why do we need to talk about tithing, right? Why, why would we need to talk about that? We all know what tithing is. Well, the Lord says you teach that word anyway. So the Lord knows more than I do, so it's better to be obedient, amen. Because it just may be that somebody here does not know. But it's also instructive that we understand that the tithe, amen, is something that God has instituted to bring about abundance. See, that's what sometimes we miss in the text that we're going to bring out as we continue in this series of lessons on giving from this book of Malachi. First of all, the first thing we see in the text is that the Lord says in verse 6, he said, I am the Lord. Well, that's important right there, saints, that he is the Lord, not a Lord and an option but he is the only way. His standards are the standard. His opening and closing are the open and the closing. And he says that he's the Lord and he does not change. Uh, that means that God, what, what God has instituted and what God has said is good, it remains good. God does not change as it relates to his own nature. Amen. The word of God is given to us so that we can see the nature of God. And it's a nature that's with a big word immutable, which means he does not change. So that which he looked uh, favorably on in times past, he still looks favorably on today. Amen. From a moral perspective, he looks the same. Amen. What he looked at in the past, he looks at 
in now and he will in the future because God does not change. So in the text, he says, he says, uh, oh Jacob, oh sons of Jacob, therefore you are not consumed. He says the reason why uh, Israel you still exist is because I am the Lord. I want you to know this today, church, the reason why we exist is because he is the Lord. Amen. Amen. Not because we've been so good or we've been so magnanimous, but it's because he is the Lord. And I don't know about you, I'm glad that it's because he is the Lord. Because if it was up to me, amen, we would probably already have been destroyed. Because see, some days my mood is up, some days my mood is down. Amen, my mood is up and down based on whether sometimes that I've had something to eat or I haven't had something to eat. Whether it's hot or whether it's cold. Whether I've allowed something that somebody said that's come to my heart. See, I'm fickle, I'm capricious, I move around. But the Lord never changes. Now, I don't know about you today, but that's shouting material right there. That the Lord doesn't change with the times. He doesn't change with the environment. He stays the same. I need a solid rock. I need something that never changes. I need somewhere that I know that when I go back to that place, it's exactly as it was the last time I was there. And the Lord, whether you stray from him or whether you come back, he is still the same. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so we look at our text and he says, Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. He says, return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. You know, I am so glad that when we stray from the Lord, that, that when we make a left and God was saying go right that God is willing to wait upon us to return to him amen I'm so glad that God doesn't give up on us when we fail him Paul the apostle said it like this God is faithful even when we are faithless and so I'm encouraged here because amen I don't always do things right I say things that I shouldn't say. I think things that I shouldn't think. I do things that I shouldn't do. And I don't do things that I should do. But the Lord says to me, return to me and I will return to you. When I sever my relationship with God because of my disobedience, the Lord is waiting for me to confess my sins. And he is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. That is liberating, saints of God, because you know that when you have messed up, you when you have sinned, you can call upon the name of the Lord, confess that sin to the Lord, and he will forgive you, and you can run on a little while longer. You can always start again, as long as blood is running warm in your veins. Amen? So we see in the text, we see a strange set of questions here. Amen. We see that in the text it says, But you said, In what way shall we return? 
And the Israelites at this time, at the close of the Old Testament era, amen. In other words, when the prophets were getting ready to shut their mouths, it was in this time that the Israelites were asking the question, how have we gone away from you, Lord? We, we, we're right here. I mean, we're still in the land. I mean, what are you saying, Lord? How have we gotten away? I mean, we still come to church. Amen. We still go to synagogue. What do you mean, Lord, we have gotten away from thee? Now, the Lord has already told them back in verse 7, you have gone away from mine ordinances. But for whatever reason, they were asking the question, how have we gone away from the Lord? I mean, and we still do our sacrifices. We still go to, Shire, I mean, to uh, Jerusalem and we sacrifice. What have we done that we're not with you, Lord? I mean, we're doing our regular religious activities. How have we gone astray? The Lord then asked a question. He said, will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. Hmm. So the Lord is saying, now, now look at the text, y'all. The Lord is saying that Israel had robbed God. Robbed him, not uh, robbed him, thievery. So something they have taken from God that wasn't theirs to take. Uh, are we following, are we tracking this? You have robbed God. Wait, robbed God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, and what have we robbed you? We, what do you mean, Lord? How we robbed you? I don't get it. I, I don't understand how we could have robbed you. I mean, how do you rob God? Well, God is being the instructor that he is, amen. And he says to them, in tithes and offerings. I, I don't know if this is anything that we don't already know. Amen. But I'm being obedient to the Spirit of God and doing my best to explain how God views giving. He says here that if you are not tithing, and tithe means a 10%. And giving offerings, then you are robbing God. I don't know about y'all, but I, this sounds really serious to me. That at any point in my life, that God would accuse me of robbing him. That he would accuse me of going and taking from him what's not mine, what's his. And this text is saying the way that God has been robbed is in tithes and offerings. So there's a 10% amen that is God's and then there is offerings. 
But then the text says, which causes me to shake in my boots, it says, you are cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Do you know what bothers me so much about this text? Is that the people of God were in the place where they were supposed to be doing activities that they were supposed to be doing, but all the while they were pilfering the money box. The money box of God. Now the thing about this that's, that's so difficult is that nobody can see this except the Lord. Nobody knows anybody else's finances except the Lord. Amen. He's the only one that can see this. And you can see it. So it's a personal thing between you and God. Amen. Between me and the Lord. But it is one thing for sure, the Lord will see it. Amen. And he says it's robbery when you don't tithe. And a tithe is the 10%. And he expects also for offerings. And when we don't give as the Lord has prescribed, we end up being cursed. I just wonder today, amen, are some of our financial issues due to the fact that we're robbing God? Could it be that we're not giving to God what is His? And looking at this text, this kind of problem causes financial issues in your home and anywhere else. And I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if some of us are having to rob Peter to pay Paul because we're not giving as God has prescribed. And what concerns me here as well is that the church should be the beacon of example of God's mandates. Remember this morning, Sunday school students, amen, that no one loves God's glory more than God loves his glory. And so if we act in any way that misrepresents God, amen, we dampen his glory and God's not interested in his glory being dampened amen because no one loves God's glory more than God loves his glory am I right about it does, does anybody disagree amen so 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 we find ourselves in a situation where the world amen I go to uh, various uh, business um, seminars and things of that nature professional seminars and I have I've heard even those folks in the world that don't even acknowledge God, amen, talk about the importance of giving and giving generously, amen, of giving a tenth or even more of what they have received. And I think to myself sometimes, I think, 
could it be that the Lord says, now wait a minute, you, you are my people and that you should not do less than what those who are not mine because you profane my name. Sunday school students, we talked about that with Ezekiel, amen, that if, if God looks inferior, amen, and the world looks superior, then we profane his name. Are y'all following me? And so we find ourselves in this text, amen, and that we find that if we are not doing these things, we've been cursed with a curse. But we have robbed God, even the whole nation. Now, when God says this, amen, I believe God is saying this in light of, amen, that, that there is a portion of the nation of Israel that are robbing God and the whole nation is suffering for it. We do not live in a vacuum. Amen. That I do not live without you. You do not live without me. We are all part of God's body. So therefore, we, we work together in that if you suffer, then I can suffer as well. Do you follow me? It wasn't every Israelite that had idolatrous worship while they were banished, amen, to Babylon. But all of them suffered, even prophets such as Jeremiah and Ezekiel, they were down in Babylon along with Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. You saw that those were men who stood for the ordinances of God, but yet they suffered along with everybody else. Amen, because we're all part of one body. So could it be, uh, Pastor Butler, because of your lack, because that you have robbed God, amen, you're causing the congregation that you're part of to suffer? That is the question that I have to ask myself, because the one who knows the truth is God. God is the one who knows whether or not I'm doing right or I'm doing wrong. And because of my lack, it's causing my people to suffer. And that can be applied to each and every one of us. Amen. But when we know better, amen, we can what? Do better. Amen. So we look at the text. He says you are cursed with a curse. But then he gives instruction. Amen. He gives instruction in the text where he says to us, he says, bring ye all the tithes unto the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive. Now, in the midst of all of this uh, the terror, amen, in the midst of all of this uh, uneasiness, God is the God that he always is, and he comes with instruction and correction, but also with promise. Do y'all see in the text in verse 10, it says, but bring ye some of the time. Is that what it says? Or what does it say, y'all? Bring all the time. 
Amen. I, I'm not reading this myself. Amen. Bring all the tithes to the storehouse. What we must understand about this text, it says that there might be food in my house. We must understand the context in which he was saying this to. He was saying this to an agrarian society, amen, which was the Israelites. Amen. They were an agrarian society. So he said it to them based on the context in which they lived. But you must be adept enough to then take that same context and then apply it to your context today. Our context today, we're no longer quote unquote an agrarian society. We have now actually gone to be a post-industrial society. Amen. But starting with the industrial society and the factories, amen, we work really in monetary notes. Are y'all following me? So now today in the post-industrial society, we are still working with currency. So now the Lord is speaking to us as it relates to this and he's saying, bring ye the tenth of your earnings. It was once fruit and vegetables, but now it's currency. And he says, bring it all to the storehouse. Amen. And which the storehouse today, instead of being those barns that were around the temple, it is the church. Amen. It is into the finances of the church. He said that there might be food in my house, that there might be resources to give and to help somebody else. Are y'all watching me? The food that was in the storehouse was not for God to eat because God didn't need to eat. Amen. The food that was in the storehouse were for others to eat. It, we are the only organization, if you will, or organism that has been created for the benefit of somebody else. Amen. That is the church. So you look at this text and you see, he says, and try me now. Not later. He said, try me now in this. And try him now in this what? says the Lord of hosts. He says, if I will not open up for you the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. God is saying, if you bring me what is mine and don't rob me, I want to bless you. And I don't just want to bless you, but I want to bless you above and beyond. I want to bless you so much that you won't even have room enough to receive it. It's like the idea, Sister Carter, of a cup and a saucer. Amen. You got that cup on the saucer and the coffee's being poured. And the coffee fills up the cup. Amen. And then it starts to pour over in the saucer. It is the extras that, that is more than what you need. Amen. And for the explicit purpose of giving to somebody else. So if you want to be a blessing to somebody else, you can't rob God. You got to get that right first. Amen. Because you got to get the curse off of you. And then once you do that, God will give you an overabundance. Amen. That you have room, not enough to receive it all. Amen. This is a word for the church. This is a word for us right now. Amen. If we want to see the abundances of the Lord, amen, we've got to do the ordinances of the Lord. 
And really and truly, it's not just a monetary problem, it's a heart problem. The reason why giving may not be what it's supposed to be is it roots in the heart. Jeremiah says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. See, we, we, are, we are deceived by our own hearts. Amen. We are deceived into believing that the devil will make you feel like you can't give like that. It will make you believe that you have to hold on to that which is not yours. And so you end up being a robber, amen, and you think you're being one who's taking care of your own needs. But never forget the devil is a lie and the truth is not in him. He is the father of lies from the very beginning. So of course he would want you to hold on to what's not yours because he's read the Bible. Am I right, Brother Montgomery? He's read it. And so if you ain't given and you're cursed, he loves that. He wants to see you struggle and die. He wants to see you go down. He wants to see you struggling in stress. Amen. He don't want you to do what God commands because he don't want you to be blessed. But God says right here that if you do what he's commanded, you don't have to try to prove it later. He said, this is the only place in the Bible where he said, test me. Test what I say. He said, start doing that and see if I will not do what I said I would do. So today, saints of God, I'm just on this first part because there's more to this text. I wanted to get to the instruction and the blessing. Because we must understand, amen, if we are not doing it. Not saying that that is the case, but if it is, amen, that there's a potential our problems are coming from our robbing of God. There are some that are stressing, amen, and short in their homes and these different places because we rob God. But God wants to bless us abundantly, amen. And so he's looking for some people that will believe him even though they can't see it. Because we are those who live by faith and not by sight. And I don't know about you, but I want to be those who God is blessing to open up the windows of heaven. I want him to pour out a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. I want to know that I can pay my bills. I want to know that I can give to that which I don't expect a return. That I can give to those who are hungry. That I can give to those who are thirsty. That I can give to those who need shelter in the time of storm and that I've been given so much by the Lord that my blessings are overflowing that I give and I give but yet I never run out because I'm in the will of Almighty God the one who has everything in the palm of his hand the one who says to us give and it shall be given. Pressed down, shaking together, and running over. It is the same God that says that he wants to bless us 
exceedingly abundantly above anything we could ask or think. But we gotta get what the ordinance of God says alright. And then we can see the blessings of God in our lives. It's a personal thing between you and God. But I'm here today to encourage us as the saints of God to trust in the Lord and not in ourselves. To watch him do and to watch him work. To watch him overcome obstacles that we have no idea how to overcome. How to open up doors that we could not see. How to build bridges over troubled waters that we could not cover. How to tunnel over mountains. How to make way out of no way. But it starts with being obedient unto the Lord. So my desire today, saints of God, is trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lead not unto your own understanding. But acknowledge him in all your ways. And he shall direct your paths. He shall do what he said he will do. Because God is not a liar. Because he's not a man that he should repent. But we shall see the abundance of the Lord if we obey his statutes. And I want you to know, saints of God, that one of these days we got to stand before the great throne of God. And we've got to give an account of our stewardship. And we want to be able to hear from the master say, Thy good and faithful servant, you've been faithful over a few things. Now I'm going to make you ruler over many. That we will know that we have been blessed of the Lord because we have been obedient unto his word. And one of these days the trumpet shall sound. They that are dead shall rise first. They that remain shall be caught up in the air. We shall be changed in the twinkling of an eye. No more suffering and no more pain. It will be over. But while we're pilgrims through this barren land, let us be obedient to the things of God. Let us bless us in the way he wants to bless us because we have followed his law, because we have done what he's commanded us to do. Am I right, children of God, that we want the blessings of Almighty God? Well, he's given us a prescription. We just need to fill it. Praise the name of the Lord. Because one of these days, it's going to all be over. No more working down here. We're going to be with the Lord forevermore. And it's going to be a howdy, howdy, and never goodbye. The sun will always shine. Not the S-U-N, but the S-O-N. Won't that be a good day? If that'll be a good day, saints, say yeah. Say yeah. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. 
The doors of the church are open. Amen, saints of God. There may be somebody here today, amen, who doesn't know our Lord and Savior. It is a good time to get to know him today because tomorrow is not promised. While the blood is running warm in your veins and while you hear the word of the master, harden not your heart. Receive him today. You can tell the Lord, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. Lord, forgive me of my sins and come and live in my heart. Change me, rearrange me. Make me brand new. Give me a heart of flesh and not a heart of stone. Teach me your ordinances and your statutes that I may obey them and be pleasing in your sight. Teach me how to worship you and praise you in the spirit of truth. It is only the Lord that can do that. And the day is the day of salvation. There might be somebody here who knows the Lord, amen, and has gone far away from him. And just feels that they have gone far and needs prayer, amen. They may be struggling with an issue and they feel like they need special prayer. Well, right now is the time to come and to pray and to be prayed for. Amen. Specifically, amen. To come before the Lord and acknowledge that we need him in every situation. Because God is faithful and he's concerned about the big things and the small. Amen. So you can come to the Lord right now. Come unto Jesus. Why? from the Word of God listening family. 
I want to once again thank you for listening to this podcast. And if you would be so kind, on whatever platform you listen to Wisdom from the Word of God, I ask that you give it a review. And when you give it a review, also give some specifics as it relates to why you enjoy this podcast. Whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, whether it's Stitcher Radio or iHeartRadio, whether it's Spotify or Anchor FM, whether it's Player FM, whether it's CastBox or Breaker, or any of the many platforms where you can hear this podcast. It would help us so much so that more can discover this podcast through seeing your comments and reviews and ratings, and hopefully this will give us more visibility and more distribution to reach more with the message of Jesus Christ. And once again, I am so thankful that you have taken out the time to listen to this podcast. And for your continued support, I will be forever grateful. God bless you and God keep you is my prayer.